I like while, while the energy is still there, we got to. Yes, yes. Yeah, we got to just start this whole bit again because yes. that's that's actually really good. <laughs> so anyway, you know, music. Music. Hey, yeah, everybody, yeah. I'm JPL, and today I'm joined with... Christopher! And we're podcast name in brackets. In brackets. Hello, Christopher, how are you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> uh, had a little sleep tonight. Uh, haven't okay, listened I've, or watched anything. I've anyway, actually... I bought another record. <laughs> so, uh, you'll never guess what. Guess what? What? I, I went to school. And I what? watched three movies every single day this week. Because I'm John and you're not. Oh, Sorry, I, I was confused. Yeah, <laughs> I, I work at I work at Sights and Sounds. Uh, long hours. Don't have any time for anything myself. Oh, that, I just listened to this mixtape. All I have is words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I have nine. Uh, yeah, I have ninety albums on vinyl. Okay, so yeah, we were just yeah, talking transition, about that. just transition to the normal life. I'm actually John. Yeah, and I'm actually Christopher. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were talking about uh, music right before we started recording. Yeah. No. I, so John visited me back in May? May and June. Was it into June? I think so. No, Maybe the not. Fox now released late May. It was in so May. It was the first, okay. week of May, first week of May. Was it first week of May? Okay, so the thing is, so... Uh, fun, fun story time for people. So, yeah. um, my friends in Boxton uh, announced an album that released late May, and with that, they announced vinyl to come with it. Mm. And I'm like, I'm somewhat interested in vinyl. I probably pre-ordered around the time you came. I can't remember specifically, but it wasn't necessarily hyper. Like I'm gonna get into vinyl. That wasn't. Yeah the first thought no. but while you were here and around the time the boxing kickstarter happened which we talked about the boxing album a few episodes ago um yeah. anyways um a co-worker was like i'm selling a vinyl record player and i'm like ah. i would talk to him like this is probably a bad idea remember that yes i believe so but I went ahead and bought it. Yeah, it was a sucky little player, um, but um, I upgraded. <laughs> you upgraded. Um, I upgraded. Anyways, mm. so I legitimately did not have any vinyl records mm -hmm. at my place when John visited. This is May. back in May. Right now, back it's like May. middle of September. Middle of September. I have about sixty to seventy. Like three, albums. four months. Just yeah. You have yeah. sixty to seventy records now. Yes, and I've purchased over ninety. There's a handful that I've either pre-ordered or are currently coming in the mail. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, and all this conversation came about because you showed me, I believe, when your newest records or something. Yeah, yeah, I got it while I was in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I could tell the story about that real quickly. So I was okay. leaving the 
airport atlanta but i was missing one of the ear for, for my earbuds and i went to the brickstone i had heard about brickstone because like i have like catalog of like cool products that they have or something yeah uh, i never visited one of the outlets so i did and the lady there was so cool and so nice i was just talking to her for like i don't know like 30 minutes and she had like a section where she had like some vinyl records that like she handpicked it herself and one of those was the Daft Punk album you showed me and like mm. ma'am I love you so much I'm gonna buy this so I can remember like the time we had together like this was incredible and I just she like she just had so much joy and just it was just a really good time and yeah so I got it from her and I wouldn't have got it if it wasn't for you first off Right. Mm-hmm. I had honestly, it'd been on like my wish list. I'm like, okay, one of these days I want to buy this, but I could like, it's, it's a little pricey. I think most yeah. copies run uh, for about like $40. For those of you wondering, what, it's the random access memory album. It was the yes. first music that I sent to Christopher to do this monthly, quote unquote, <laughs> uh, weekly to monthly, uh, passing of music. It's on uh, like, I really, like, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's mm-hmm. like one of those albums that you can listen to, you're like, that's a good album. And so even though I've only listened to it in full for our podcast, yeah. so I haven't fully gone back to it, I'm like, this is an album I would like to have on vinyl. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had looked around, and, you know, most copies were probably selling between, like, 35 to $40 mm. uh, or a little more. So it was... It, it was a little bit out of my price range for something I wasn't hyper familiar with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but because of the experience I had with her, I'm like, I want to buy this. You know what I mean? To you know, like I feel like that's one cool thing about vinyl is that sometimes there's like little memories that can be attached to like each album. Um, and so first I bought it because you introduced me to the album, and I bought it because of the good experience. Um. So yeah, now I own that album on vinyl, and that's really, 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 really cool. So yeah, I had listened to that album like maybe three, four times just on the road drive to and from Branson. Oh wow! Yeah, just because like I just like the mood that I got when just listening to it on the road. Oh yeah, like like, like I, I kind of mentioned like there are times where I like I need a little pick me up before work, and I put mm-hmm. it on just to hear the first song like. It's it's a good fun time. Granted, just going through, just thinking through the lyrics, like some of the lyrics aren't the best advice in the world, but still catchy songs. Like sometimes there's just like entertainment that's just entertainment and just entertainment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that is one of the ninety albums I have purchased in the past four months. And let, let's hope I curb it's my just spending. That you better, because ninety is excessive. It it is. I I now mind you, there's some albums I've I've purchased for less than ten dollars. So there's right. a few. Yeah. There's actually one I got for free. Understanding um, like records, a lot of them can be cheap. Makes yeah, sense. but most of the albums I've purchased have been on the current price end range i would say the current uh, average to buy an album is 30 dollars 
a couple of years ago we would have said 25 or 20 now uh-huh. it's hitting 30 man what's um, wrong with you <laughs> like i won't even buy dvds there are like even ten, fifteen dollars. Yo, you you know what? I I'm so I'm about to do this today. You know what I'm about to do? The extra stuff? No. Okay. I'm about to buy Morbius in 4K. You don't have a 4K player. Exactly. It's on Netflix. I don't Just... have Netflix. Just get Netflix. It's so much no, cheaper. No, we're we're gonna own Morbius in 4K. My man, you need to buy a 4K player then. No, I I'm not that. Well, the one thing is my projector is a 1080p. So even if I have a 4K player, it it wouldn't even work. So you could try. <laughs> yeah, I could try. You could try so hard. <laughs> it won't um, look great. No. So the thing is, I was that. Because at Walmart, they have the, the, the Morbius 4K thing, but they the, the Walmart exclusive is that it comes with a pin, the M oh pin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you really doing it just with a stupid pin? <laughs> yes. Does it at least but, come with a DVD and digital copy? I don't know. I don't or Blu-ray? really care. I don't care. You really. should. You I don't really even should. think I can play a Blu-ray, if I'm being honest. You can't. But you, I can? You cannot. Like in a normal DVD? I can't. Okay, yeah. So I I have one Blu-ray, but it also comes with a DVD. So, yeah, no, I, I don't think I could literally play it. But I'm like, let me look on eBay. Oh, my gosh. There, There's cheaper copies so like at walmart it's like 35 dollars on ebay i can get it under 20 so i'm like mm. I, I can i can do that so madman i am a madman but madman but here's 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 the thing john yeah it's morbid time and sometimes you just have to do it for the morb what has happened to you what is what have you become you have let this monster taken over you. <laughs> so, uh, so it, it also if you could send some bats, that'd be super. Oh, I'm kidding. What? Are you sure uh, about that? That's a. I, I that's definitely a fast track to getting rabies, son. No, it, it won't get me rabies. It'll keep me alive. Mm, would yeah, it? the Morbius way. Oh, keep me alive the Morbius way. They have metal ones. I don't like them, though. But you, your style, I'll get you the plastic ones. Um, but yeah, so... So, what was the last... Did, did you say you actually bought a Snyder Cut on Blu-ray, though, or something? I Yes, I bought Snyder Cut for Blu-ray. So is that, like, that, that the last thing you purchased? Is that the last... No. No. Is is it? It's I'm not. Curious. No. Okay. What what are some things you've purchased recently? Now I'm curious. See see. That would require me to either think really hard. Okay. Or just leave you sitting here while I go and check. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I can tell you the last DVD I got, but I didn't. Yeah, buy I mean. It. 
Okay. It was given to me as a gift. Okay. And that would be Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus. <laughs> okay. For nice. the podcast that we're doing. Um, nice. What did I buy? If you can't remember, that's okay. But it doesn't have to be like the last thing, but something's recently. Uh, recently, the, the recent in memory would be like the Hope TV show. Okay. Was that like $60 or something? Mm, 50 50 50 40 depending on where you got it. Mm. Um, of course, like I am still looking to buy the Atlantis Aquaman TV show. The one that mm. HBO Max no longer has. Mm-hmm. I could do that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. 10 bucks. I just haven't done it. But I had to do it online, so. Mm. Kind of just waiting to sell my stuff and then yeah. get more stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know, how, how that goes. But no, mm. I, in terms of, like, what I bought, like, it's been, it's been a hot minute since I've mm. gotten that, actually bought anything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I guess for me with like vinyl because I just got into it. Like I'm like catching up. You know what I mean? Uh, sure, sure. Because like when I was a teenager, I was buying DVDs, a ton of DVD DVDs because I could, and that's where I got most of my DVDs. Do you regret? Like, like it was during the summers. It was during the summers. Like I, I get my DVDs. I do not regret buying any of these DVDs. Mind okay. you. The, only, only, the only time I ever do regrets is like I buy a bunch, then after I buy them, they come out with this like a bundle. version. No, yeah. the bundle where you can get all of them for so much cheaper than what I got them separately for. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, that sucks. But hey, what you gonna do? Or, um, like, I had bought a couple TV shows, and then they came out with the Blu-ray remastered versions. I was like, ah, <laughs> man, I'm a sucker. Why do I do this to myself? But, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what I bought. Gotcha. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I've, I don't know, like, what... I'd have that would interest you besides the Daft Punk. You know what I mean? Oh. Okay. Uh, if this would have been a, a, about a year ago. I bought a couple animated films. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like DC films. One was like a Batman, Soul of the Dragon, which is like a 70s spy karate film. And then a Justice League, World War II film animated. Uh, those were like at good prices, like ten, fifteen dollars. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's the last stuff that I bought. What's the most expensive? Let's do this: DVD, Blu-ray, 4K. All right. Uh, Blu-ray most expensive, and this is this is, includes DVD. I think is I bought. At least I bought, I put in my Christmas list. Um, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings extended bundle, bundle 
which came with old Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit Blu-ray plus DVD and all its extras. And that was about $100. That sounds reasonable. I'm not going to lie. It is very reasonable. But, you know, $100 is still $100. Yeah. Um... Besides that, like, I don't ever want to go over $50 for a large show. Mm-hmm. Like, even then, $50, I could maybe go down to 30 or 25 Like, those are good ranges. But yeah, that's the most expensive that I, re- I can recall in the past few years. Because, like, generally, I don't buy anything past 30 20s like the general amount I go for mm-hmm. but I like to go for 10 if I can 5 is like really special I feel like definitely when you see something for like so cheap and you're like you have interest in it like I recently just bought um, a few Keith Green albums on vinyl mm-hmm. I saw it was like a bundle, and I got for like a total of ten dollars, including shipping, off of eBay. And like, I grew up listening to some Keith Green. I don't know any of his specific albums, but I'm like, I am doing that. You know what I mean? I would buy the Venom and Morbius film for five dollars, <laughs> but it doesn't come with the special limited edition pin. But no, but if they ever came out with a bundle of those three for like ten dollars, mm-hmm. I'd probably buy that too. Yeah, for the meme or no? Because I don't have no. those films, mm. and it's ten dollars for three films. Mm-hmm. I like buying bundles if they come with several films in it. It's like oh, good. I guess for me, like I just the, my issue with bundles is that sometimes there are limited bonus features, or like the packaging doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it is its own. You know what I mean? Right, but I I have not. I'm not one to just go and watch bonus features. Gotcha. Um, maybe some deleted scenes, but generally I don't. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess I've always kind of tried to steer away from bundles. <laughs> I just like that. Uh, like. I mean, they're cheaper to, to get them in bundles. They are cheaper. Yeah. And like, it really depends if on, if like, it has cool bundles. packaging. Yeah, it depends on what bundles you're getting. True. I guess just most of the bundles just look boring to me, you know. Most of them do, but, like, um, but when I moved to the States for the first time, uh, for furlough in 2010, uh, I bought a bundle of, like, four Batman movies and then four Superman films, Mm -hmm. um, that came in one. And those were like the old films, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I bought the Batman trilogy, but like that, like had like a, like I haven't opened up the packaging, but like the outside like looked cool. You know what I mean? And that was like, oh, this isn't just like three photos separated by red lines. You know what I mean? This like mm-hmm. this felt special, and uh, like those are the bundles I like to see or collect. If I have to buy bundles. Yeah, I used to keep the cases. Now, now I'm a pretty just more lenient to just throw them away. 
because they take up space so much quick so quickly i get that I, for me i've always i've always loved packaging i i love packaging too but like there's a point where it becomes so impractical that I just have to put them in my bundle. Now, like, if I have a special film that I like, then I'll keep the packaging for it. But most of them I just I throw out. Unless unless it's, like, a TV show that came in this one thing, then I keep it in the case. Is there a packaging that you threw out that you regret throwing out? Um... Yeah. Yes and no. I I would say it would be for my my DVDs, my original DVDs for the Star Wars films, because those mm-hmm. are classic packaging mm. designs that aren't you don't really see. But right. uh, I don't. I can't really think. Well, you of, mentioned you you might have had like a something special for Iron Man. Oh, yeah, I have that special packaging. I still have it. Wait, you still do? Didn't I show it to you? No. Oh, then either I still have it or I threw it out. Wow, those are two very stark contrasts. See, that's a very special packaging that I might have kept it. But, like, it would be buried in a tub somewhere. Okay. So I, I looked at Iron Man on eBay. Was it like a case that kind of like had like the suit, like some like like some something like special pressed up a suit for like the front or something? So what it was, was it- like I told you I told you this. What it was was that you know the cover, the removable sleeve was uh-huh. the Iron Man suit. But th- there was a hole where the arc reactor is, and like you pull the sleeve out, and there's Tony Stark, but he still has okay. the arc reactor. Okay, that might be what I've seen. I want to buy that off eBay as well. I had said that if I'd find it, I'd just send it to you. Oh, I'd forgotten about that actually. So okay, there are a couple DVDs like I have just like purchased. Like, I have Infinity War and Inception. Inception I got for, like, $4. Infinity War, it was, like, 10 Um, That I just, like, purchased because I'm, like, these are movies I do like. But also, like, I've not opened the packaging. It's just, like, movies I just kind of, like, want to own to own. You know what I mean? I'm not that crazy. <laughs> like, I, I have to open the packaging. Okay. Typically, I am that way, too. But, like... Frick you, John. Now I want to open them. Because, like, so I, get them, I get them to watch them. Not to just yeah. let them sit I, okay, there and so look pretty. S- sometimes, like, I have the mentality of a collector. But the thing is... No, I get that. At this current state of things, they're not going to sell. They're not. And, they're not, and if they're going to sell, they're not going to sell for much. So, really... I should have no qualms about opening them, but I want to. I will say the Batman one, though. I, for some dumb reason, I decided to shake it, and I heard something broken, so I do want to swap it out. So that, that's just the case with most DVDs nowadays. Yeah, but yeah, almost I, every I, DVD case you'll find has something broken with it. Yeah, 
if if I can get a perfect copy, I would like to, but mm. I just haven't. It's, uh, so actually, here's the thing with the, the Batman thing is that they had at Walmart. They like try to incentivize people to buy DVDs. If you've noticed, like they'll add like special O cards. What? I haven't like missed Walmart in a while. Oh, okay. So they look at this. Oh, right. Well, I, I've seen like the glow in the dark ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've seen those. this isn't one of the glow and dark ones, but like this is just cool. And you know I've I mean? seen special sleeves, yes. Yeah. Is that what you're talking so, about? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The official name is O card. I don't know why. Well, I guess it looks like an O, but it's a little weird. It's very specific of a name. Anyways, but when I shake it, I hear something broken. I know I could just like take off the sleeve and probably just get exchanged, but also they haven't carried this at Walmart recently, so I'm not sure if I'd be able to. So I'm hesitant to open this one specifically up, but like Infinity War or Inception, I should have no qualms about opening. You know, I've not bought any Marvel films past Infinity War. Oh, you don't even have Endgame. Wow. I don't. I I don't know. I feel I, like if I were you, I would at least get Endgame. <laughs> I, see, I really should, but why I've not, I don't, I guess that just stops. <laughs> and then maybe in five years, get No Way Home. Uh, like, No Way Home, I'm actually more inclined to get, like, the extra stuff, the more fun right. version, while you still can. Well, what, Otherwise, once it's available, that's true. Uh, I mean, because otherwise could... it'll be just another rogue cut where you have to search on eBay. Mm-hmm. Which is a sad thing. Mm, that's all right. You'd like these things to be more accessible sometimes, you know what I mean? Oh, no, I get you. But no, I... I guess, I guess that was mainly around that time where I stopped getting DVDs. In mm-hmm. general, it's because like I noticed that like I have so many DVDs, but I don't really use them, right? As much as I used to, because like I would keep buying them because I'd constantly use them because I didn't have any streaming services available, so I just watch. Or well, also, um, like when you grew grew up, streaming services were just coming in. They were, they were. So, and, and plus, like when we used to travel. I'd have a portable DVD player that I'd watch on travel. Mm-hmm. I don't really do that anymore because I just listen to music while I travel. But, um, yeah, I have a bunch of DVDs that every once in a while, if I want to watch a film, and I'm, and I'm like, it's on the service, but I own it. So I might as mm-hmm. well take it out. And sometimes I watch it that way. I feel like I'm that way with like the vinyl right now because I mean Spotify has everything essentially but I'm just like sometimes like there's just something that feels tangible about just putting on the vinyl and just like listening to that you know what I mean right something like feels a little extra special about that Mm -hmm. yeah I'm not like that with music at all because I don't I'm not a music Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. unless it's like an album I really love yeah I'm likely not going to get CDs. Do you actually own any CDs? I do. Uh, I mean, I have CDs from when I was a little kid that we just right. still have leaving over. Like, under my bed, there is just a tub that we've never unpacked since we've moved here. 
full of just CDs, and they're like Christian uh, album stuff. I don't listen mm-hmm. to them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever listened to them. But we have like we have so many CDs. Oh my gosh, it's stupid. Uh, I guess there's a little bit of difference of do you own slash does your family own? So like more like what you own is what I'm more curious. You know what I mean? See, in terms of CDs that I'll proudly own and proudly present, I own one that's in my desk as we speak, existing somewhere. And it's uh, the, yeah, it's the soundtrack to the my little pony movie okay question is there an artist named cl on that uh well i'd have to look it's right on the back right yes yeah there is she's a k she's a k-pop artist okay happy me (laughs) i mean i i only listened to like the first half of this album because the second half has nothing to do with the movie itself. That's fair. It's just a bunch of songs that they acquired to mm-hmm. play on this thing. So yeah, no. That's that's the only CD that I, in recent years, have purchased specifically. As a kid, yeah. and like as a kid, I had gotten a John Williams Greatest Hit CD... I have CDs for the original trilogy of Star Wars films. That's cool. And uh, the Beach Boys' greatest hits. Mm-hmm. I had an Elvis CD. I didn't really listen to that one, but I had it. Um, that was mainly that. Yeah, that's mainly it. Uh, Jackie Ivanko, I think maybe one of her Christmas mm. albums. Mm-hmm. You know her? Yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like back. That was her first album, actually, that I got. We might have owned that at one point. Back when she was just like 13 years old. I haven't seen pictures of her recently. How old is she now? Like, is she like 23? She's our our age. That is crazy to think about. She's our age. Like, the last thing I've seen of her, she was like talking about how she had anorexia and like how she hated getting compliments mm-hmm. about how she looks because she made made her feel so insecure that's the last that i heard but <clears throat> besides that right here she's fine i i i feel like recently in the past year or two there's been more conversations about like child stars mm-hmm. and especially there's that one nickelodeon star uh, who released the book? Oh yeah, Jeanette uh, McCurdy. Yeah, there. This is like it's been a really prevalent conversation recently. I, I found very interesting. Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, kind of... even we've we've talked about the the one Star Wars kid who played Anakin, uh, who went crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like it's really. I don't know, like because I think why I'm thinking about this is because of K-pop. Because some of these agencies are debuting minors. Like mm-hmm. one really recent popular group is called New Jeans. And all the members are under 18. So they're probably like 15, 16. Which is crazy to me. Um, it's like these are literal teens. Essentially like in high school. Um, and I'm just like. That's 
and so like there there's one of their songs that came under fire for over sexualization which was the label said wasn't intended to be so it was meant to be a pun of something but mm-hmm. it obviously didn't come across that way in the first place because of partially because of translation but also yeah. just straight up of what it was um but it's like you know how like some some minors can be sexualized. That is also like the case we see with like some child stars of like some uncomfortable scenes that they might have had to film. Um, but it's just like I don't know. Like, what's the morality of it? Almost, you know what I mean? Because like you you sometimes need like for for movies like a child to portray a child. You know what I mean? Is that wrong? Like like how how should we? handle fame as it relates to these kids it's mm-hmm. it's a hard subject but there's no like it's such a gray area it is such a gray area um like you could probably just imagine like years from now like how the stranger things kids will end up mm-hmm. um, i i think like the only positive positives i can see from a group of kids are from harry potter like hmm. so far, none of them have turned out messed up. They're That's all good. fine, and just have good careers for them. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Like they're because most times you just hear about like, oh, these kids now, yeah, they're all messed up. Shia LaBeouf being now like he's just like, oh, this crazy guy. Before he was like a child actor from this show that was super popular. I've heard the name. I don't know who he is. You're gonna hear some more uh, later on. <laughs> don't, okay. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, even Miley Cyrus—that's probably the biggest one. Oh, uh, she ended up after this is uh, Disney stars, and probably worse for Nickelodeon stars because mm. you know you had uh, the person who was running those shows just not being the best person they can be that's sad and like had their own fetishes that weren't great Mm -hmm. for great shows um and it's sad to hear like that these characters and people that like you just loved watching as a kid now being like oh yeah it was hell working on those things it's like oh Mm -hmm. You, you you almost can't get the same feeling from watching those shows again, like knowing right. the context now. It's like, oh, okay. Mm. No, there's one song I remember uh, growing up to in South Korea to find out uh, a few years ago when the, the members committed suicide. Mm. It's just wild to me. So sad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, last week I had sent you, I I talked about that the Arch Last Place, like Pixel War, they had the video for the Pony stuff. You sent me a video that I didn't watch because you said it was long. I said it was an hour long. But anyway, after like watching that, I had been feeling very nostalgic towards just old Pony content. Mm Mm-hmm. And stuff. So, the like, past week, I've just been watching some old videos and stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I remember when this was still a big old deal. Um, 
And so, yeah, I am kind of developing a new series on YouTube. Okay. I, I recorded the first thing last night, and I'll be editing for the rest of the week. Just going through, like, the nostalgia of different projects and such, and seeing mm-hmm. how that goes. Um, part of it is because I had watched all that stuff before I started doing reaction videos. Mm-hmm. And so I had felt like, ah, I couldn't get the big stuff. But so I'm just going to take a look at those, just, you know, talk about how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, what's really sad, especially for the brony reaction communities, like it's practically dead. There's nobody around right. like doing any stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all the great names either retired or just stopped doing stuff mm-hmm. or moved on. Like there's a couple of new people trying but like mm-hmm. we'll see how they go. They're not as mm-hmm. not as prominent. It's not what it was. It's it's not what it was. Like before, like a new episode would come out. Oh, I I'd go film a reaction while my mm-hmm. video was rendering. I'd go to YouTube and watch five different reaction videos of the same episode <laughs> within hours. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I I watch the R slash place video. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to watch a reaction video. Nothing. There's nothing out there because mm-hmm. there's no one there to even watch it. So mm-hmm. here I am, just final year of college, gonna go down nostalgia, nostalgia trip <laughs> before I get off into the real world. There we go. Speaking of the real world, we have She-Hulk. <laughs> That's a transition. That's a transition. She-Hulk. We had another episode this week. Nothing happened really. There's an element where, again, like, this is more or less what I wanted. Sure. It's just not entertaining. It's not as entertaining as it could be. It's not developed enough as a lawyer show to just also be that engaging. So then we learn is, like, the writers don't really know anything about lawyer stuff. Yeah, uh, like, I don't know much, but also watching it, like, this doesn't feel realistic. Because, like, I get, because, like, you you can tell, like, they're barely doing lawyer stuff in the show anyway. And so it it really, out of, I feel like (laughs) this sounds ironic, and I don't mean it to sound like I'm really, like, this, I'm not a She-Hulk and it really just feels like this is the most fake the MCU has been. Like, even with, there, there's an article that what, New Line Cinema gave up the rights of Iron Man because mm-hmm. they said, oh, that doesn't make sense. He can't fly because it'd be too heavy. That's literally why they gave up the rights for right. Iron Man, right. uh, which is wild to me. But, like, within the context of the movie, yes, you could, you could argue and say it doesn't make sense for A, B, C, D. But for the context of the movie, it makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I, I read and, a funny and, uh, comment on the post about that article being like, hmm, which of those people find out about airplanes? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, again, it's a little unfair that we're, to some degree, comparing the comic book world to the real world. But at the same right. time, there's a sense with She-Hulk of where it it feels like it is its own fantasy, whether of part the real world or of part of the MCU. Even its little fan nods to the MCU feel like it's a fan show. Right. 
Yeah. Like, even with the little Avengers thing, I'm just like, this feels like a YouTube skit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they put money into it. They put money into it. And they force people to animate so far ahead. <laughs> the point where yeah. they can't go home because they have yeah. to keep doing this. Um, Apparently. Yeah. But the, the most exciting thing that happened was, of course, the tease at the end with Daredevil's helmet, mm-hmm. the new yellow costume. Uh, yeah, if you just that's the most reaction people have. It's like the entire episode is just like, yeah, okay. The helmet shows up, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ooh, ooh, top tier episode for two seconds of this thing. It's like, so I watched the last two episodes with my mom, of course. Like, she had no reaction whatsoever the entire time those two episodes. Until the Daredevil had a headshot. I was like, oh, is that next week? That's the only time <laughs> where she was actually interested in the show. Like, you know what? Funny. I find it ironic because we were talking about, like, how the first episode is the eighth episode. And how episode five has the episode four moment. <laughs> of the Daredevil helmet. Was this episode five? This past episode was episode five, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah. and I sent you that, and I sent you an emoji of whatever that face was. I, I completely knew what you were talking about. It was this, it that was, was the funny thing. It was thing. a smirk, yeah. So you, you knew what I was talking about. when I, I immediately you. knew what you were talking about. Because I think I had finished the episode like 30 minutes prior, and mm-hmm. I saw that, I'm like, yes, I know what he's talking about. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hmm, am I right? Episode six. You know what would be a little sad if episode six ends with the physical tease of Daredevil and it ends up to be episode seven. That might be the case, though. That might be the case because it's like I could, com- hmm, I could like, so what's see gonna that happen next episode that she has to go to New York or he's coming to LA. I don't yeah. know, but like that's the yeah. tease. There's, well, and it might not I, even I, be next episode at all. It could just be like, right. hey, look at this. Uh-huh. I, again, we're only essentially halfway done with the show, but I, mm. I don't know. I, I'm, it's too. There's an element where it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be, but there's also an element where it's definitely not as good as it could have been. And Oh, for sure. Also, I mean, like, not just... I wasn't expecting top-tier MCU content, but I was expecting it to be better. Well, you know, like, if they put more thought into the law, if they just... If they brought in some lawyers to just help with the script. Well, even the characters, they just Mm. don't feel realistic. It feels like, I feel like a lot, part of the reason why I chose the MCU over Star Wars back in 2021, it was 21, sorry, my bad, Mm. um, was I felt like there was a a stronger sense of realism to the MCU in comparison to Star Wars, Mm. um, or at least more grounded in real life. And so to kind of, and then another attraction with Marvel were characters that I was able to connect with. Mm-hmm. And, and then to kind of just, sorry, just uh, phase four in general has 
been very hit or miss with characters. I was about to say has hasn't done well, but I'm wrong. We've uh, not that I've connected with Shang Chi, but Shang Chi was a pretty solid movie. Um, I, 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 Yelena and um, Kate Bishop are fun additions. Um, but there's also been characters where you kind of could care less about. Um, she Hulk is full of them. Um, the Moon Knight thing is also kind of a thing. Um, I can't remember the others that exist off the top of my head. Um, it's Marvel. Uh, the thing is, I like the actors a lot, though. Like, yeah, the actress is fine. At least, like she, she, she gives a performance mm. that I'm engaged with. Mm-hmm. Like I, like that's one reason why I'm low key excited about the Marvels. It's just for more Miss Marvel. Like True. I really like the actress a lot. So, at least I can get on board with the acting. So, but. At the same time, like there isn't that much going for the character as it is being written. But I love her as an actress, or just as a personality, more or less, because yeah, I feel like yeah, she's yeah. just kind of playing herself. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing that me and me mom watched is that we we, we watched Thor again. I watched Thor again with mom. Okay, how was it the second time around? I think. Uh... It's messier the second time around. I feel it's, like there's an element where I was slightly able to appreciate it more, but also it got worse at the same time. Yeah, like, they also released, like, a deleted scene for Thor. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't watch any of them. I saw a few that were on the internet, though, but I didn't watch yeah, any the, of them. Yeah, there was, like, one... There was this one main one that I saw. It was on YouTube. And it had, like, Thor and Zeus having a <laughs> conversation... Like, a proper conversation. They're not at mm-hmm. that palace. They're, like, somewhere on Earth or something. Mm-hmm. And he's, just like, teaching Thor how to use Thunderbolt. It's, like, a really nice and heartwarming thing. And, like, think about mm-hmm. the film. It's, like, that's nothing in the film. Like, yeah. So, like, what's wild to me to think about is the fact that they had a four-hour cut. Yeah. So yeah. if and they I, had a four-hour concise cut, they had a four-hour concise cut... How much more random content did they film? You know what I mean? It's wild to think about. There's one very... There's one cut editing thing that I, I noticed that there probably was more film. And it's a, it's when they go in the black and white location and mm-hmm. Jane finds out that this thing is a trap. Mm-hmm. So what we see is... Thor, that Jane, they come in. They're both they're both holding on to their weapons. Jane uh-huh. goes off into a different room. She finds out it's a trap, and she runs up with her hammer, saying it's a trap. We cut to her coming back to Thor. Thor has left Stormbreaker a mile away from him. Why we oh. don't know. But she, Jane runs up to it. She doesn't have her hammer anymore, even though the last shot she just had it. She throws it away, then she calls her hammer. I'm just wondering what was missing there. Hmm. It just If anything, it, I would have loved for that scene to be extended. Hmm. Like either it's just a bit of bad continuity. Most likely there was some more extended things going on that they just cut. I feel like it it'd be both. I think it's it would both. be both. It's both. But yeah. it, like, there's an 
there's another context of like hmm. continuity and just the extended four hours it's like ah that's where you would do it yeah there was uh another deleted scene again i didn't watch any of these but zeus visits jane foster sick in bed hmm. so they must have had a lot of fun with zeus <laughs> outside of his context i mean see they hired like russell crowe like a good uh-huh. actor and like he's like in the he's in it very little mm-hmm. so it's it's probably like he had a lot more screen time because like there were hints where there was more to his character but it was like overshadowed by it being cut mm-hmm. and having to have this forced plot line of we're gods we're gonna be the next villains whatever okay you know what that scene is essentially the the illuminati scene in multiverse of madness where you could kind of cut those scenes and it really wouldn't impact the movie that much but oh we got these cool actors which they're right. fun scenes for the movie but they really don't do that much for the movie right it's kind of but wild yeah, to think no, about like there wasn't much of a reaction from thor i hate I... how similar multiverse of madness and thor are in those contexts both constrained to two hours. You know what I mean? Had extended cuts. I don't know the specifics with Multiverse of Madness, but there are, uh, we, we talked about like cut like plot lines mm. from Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just wild to think about like how both those movies, you know. Yeah, it's wild I, to me. It's really the MCU. Marvel should take a step, a step back and readjust. Um, and even if they don't step back, at least slow down. Most importantly, not yeah, especially slow down. Most importantly, if it's not for just doing the story, I think the biggest reason is for their VFX team. Yes, they are yes. overworked to death to the point where they're changing shots like the week before the film is released because they've not mm-hmm. yet finalized the look. That's I why mean, it looks so bad a lot of the times. Isn't it wild to think that in two and a half years we have an Avengers movie mm. that isn't even shot yet, much less probably not even written. That's wild to think about how fast these are being tossed together. What I'm going to hope is going to happen, hopefully it's really soon, the VFX artists unionize and go on strike. Like, it's going to shut down so many films, but it's so important that they get mm-hmm. things going because they are a, a growing industry. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if anything, these people just shouldn't work overtime, period. And that's that, and part of it is, like, there's too much demand, too uh-huh. little time, they're not being told what they want, mm-hmm. until, like, last minute. So it's just, like, there's huge communications issues, mm. in general, going on. So mm. That's true. Having yeah. them go on strike will delay the films, of course, mm-hmm. but... We'll end up probably getting better quality over time. Yes. 
And again, uh, specifically with Marvel, we have so much content. And then not to mention it interlacing directly with Star Wars and those, because they're both owned by Disney, fans essentially interlace. There's enough Disney content being released that we can right. slow it down. We could have two TV shows, two movies a year. And and they honestly wouldn't skip that much of a beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, it's mind-blowing to me. Like, Black Widow? Like, there's some moments where you watch, you're just like, what? But the fact that they finished a cut back in 2020, they didn't touch it for the full year of it sitting on its shelf waiting for release. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't even go back to fix up VFX stuff is also mind-blowing to me. You know what I mean? Like they, they could have been like, touching up the entire time and making it look one of the best. Exactly. Like, you had a, a full year. Because, again, if people are wondering what I'm talking about, I read some article where the person said, yeah, we, we finalized it uh, a year before release. Uh, now, again, she said the cut. So who knows? Maybe maybe they were working on VFX the whole year, but I doubt it. I, I significantly doubt it. But from, uh, like, the fact that it just sat on the shelf for a full year, and there are some, even just a few, I don't know, like, even, even Venom. Venom, uh, Carnage, Venom 2, they, uh, that, with that getting delayed a full year, they were working on the VFX that whole year. Like, I read right. some article that said the effects would have looked a lot more primitive if it was, if it was released in mid-2020. They said they were working on it up to at least three weeks before its release. Mm. So there were some that did, but Black Widow doesn't show it. <laughs> like, I remember sitting in the theater. What, one, the, the one scene that really caught me off guard was the first time, like, the little, like, red puff of smoke appeared. And I s- stared at that thing. I'm just like, What? <laughs> Like I feel like that's something that should be so simple. It's a puff of smoke. That's not like you have like a bunch of layered textured green screens you're trying to take care of. That's a puff of smoke that doesn't look real. That just took me out. Like again, like I'm not one who's very critical of VFX in general because I'm not very good at spotting bad VFX. But that one I know in in general. Yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. That one took me out. Okay. But, yeah. I I feel like with She-Hulk, though, like, I feel like there's a different frame rate with the She-Hulk character. That just feels odd. I feel like that's the uncanny thing for me. I, I can't say frame anything rate. about the She-Hulk VFX. I think okay. it's passable. It's, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like you can argue everything's passable. I mean, but like, it's, it's, it's like rate, on bar for where I think it needed to be to have the show. Because like I was mm-hmm. telling you, like years advanced, like my main concern of the show is like, what's the VFX for the characters are going to look like? Because she's supposed to mostly be in She-Hulk form. Mm-hmm. I'm not disappointed at all about the VFX mm. for her. I think like That's they've fair. done a good job. Because my That's bar... Fair kind of low with like their recent Mm. stuff it's like "Mm, yeah they're doing a good job 
not that it's a big deal, but in the recent episode, uh, the Tatiana girl referred to she Hulk as Shrek. Yes. Oh, yes. And she had that ad. She Hulk ad. After watching the episode, like, oh, okay. I was on YouTube just doing a random thing. And I get, a, I get an ad for that product line on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. You can actually go and buy it. I think you can buy a product with that line. That's actually... That's clever marketing. Like, that they're is. Doing, they're doing some good viral marketing with this show. They are. That, like, you're never, that you never notice. Mm-hmm. That's happening, which is a shame. That's like really fun and clever. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what? Actually, one really funny thing I've found about She-Hulk is... In episode five, uh, for the, the She-Hulk logo intro, they added the, uh, probably, I think, made by Tatiana. Mm-hmm. Um, turned it pink or whatever. By, by Titania. Right. Sorry. My bad. In episode two, this kind of took me out. You know, the, the, the tagline is, what, attorney at law? Uh-huh. But for a split second, they turned it to attorney for hire. Did you miss that? <laughs> no, I noticed that. Okay. Immediately. And that got me. Like that was probably They're the good funniest that's thing. A good, that's a good one. Um, in like during the credits of this last episode, like we got to see Pug and his shoe collection. There's so many Easter eggs, where of like different Marvel character themed shoes. Like you, you get you have the thing. Uh, you have Cyclops. Uh, Deadpool is there. Even Ghost Rider. There's like so many Marvel Easter eggs, characters as shoes, and it's like ah. This so the rumors saying, like, of this... these characters being in the show is probably just this. <laughs> the shoes. That's that's what I'm saying about this show. It feels more like fan fiction than actually part of the MCU because of these mm-hmm. Easter eggs. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. well, let's tease these things because we're fans, okay. which is. Kind of fun, but also frustrating because this is the MCU and people just want to see these as reality. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, going over this past week. Sorry, three... what? Uh, I have a question. Yes, Daredevil's the big deal, and we're probably not going to get anything oh, beyond Daredevil. But wouldn't it be wild if Deadpool appeared? Like, that would kind of work but also not but it also would you know what it i mean it would work with the breaking of the fourth wall right we just want him to appear so we know we just yeah something we want something if that's like the major thing that this show will offer us is one um five second cameo of like, deadpool it, i'm it, here for and it sure sure with that deadpool and daredevil but also too i hope that they finally give the avengers like some benefits legal benefits. okay so kevin feige made a comment at, uh, around the d23 time and he said there's no functioning avengers at this time ah uh, yeah that's that's true Still, Which also made it really odd the fact that in episode five they made the big deal of she's one of the Avengers. So is that not knowledge within the MCU? It, it could be a thing where the Avengers haven't been doing anything, but they still quote quote unquote exist publicly. They're just not uh, as unified as they were back in mm. Endgame. Mm-hmm. But going uh, over the past week, there are three well, films. Sorry, 
sorry, one thought. I feel like the most unified Avengers were were essentially between the first Avengers and Ultron because they went on the little spree before Ultron to do some things. Yeah. But like outside of that time, the Avengers were never really a functioning group. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. considering the two year spat between Tony and Steve that led into Infinity War. Like they they were more of a name than an actually functioning group, if you know what I mean. Right. It's kind of interesting. Obviously, they have, you know, name popularity due to the events of Endgame. But it is interesting to think about. All right. Three things, three movies you're, you're talking about. Oh, my gosh, yes. Past week, you know, three movies I watched. Our first one is a film called Collateral. A film that came out in the early 2000s. I watched it because um, Professor Corrales from the senior department, I have a class with him, and, like, he loves this film. He keeps talking about it. He's showing clips in class. And, like, he's getting the subliminal hit of watch this film if you haven't. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. It was on Netflix, so I did. Um, pretty good. It's an interesting story. Okay. Aspects of it have, like, are dated specifically mm-hmm. just the visuals um but no the basic idea of taxi driver having the drive around an assassin is interesting next i finally watched prey yes i saw i I saw what on letterboxd you finally watched it Mm. and i liked it like generally i liked it um but i i will say like it's it's fun, you know. Does a good job of just giving you a basic plot for Predator, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's a lot of substance here for like rewatchability besides the mm-hmm. action, because there's there's not that many memorable characters right at all. They're all kind of. I guess land. what was wild to me because all the reviews are like best prey movie ever. Even one of my friends who's kind of critical of movies gave it a four star review. I'm just like, dang. It was just like. And then you're you're like the most ne- negative review I've heard of it so far. Okay. It's just interesting to me. I mean, I I do really like it, but like, there's not a lot of personality between characters. They're they're bland. They start the the plot of being a uh, uh, predator father fodder, but compared to like literally any other predator film, those characters they have personalities. Whether or not they're good, they have personalities. Here, mm-hmm. there's not that many personalities. There's not that many character arcs, if any. Um, but, you know, there's some cool visuals, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the last one is I finally watched the film Blade Runner for the first time. Mm. It's the one that... One I'm, of my friends obsesses over that. Everyone, like almost everyone I've heard talk about it, it's like, oh, it's the best film in the world. Um, I give it a three. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I think like what what's some of the best of this film is the atmosphere and just the visuals of like an '80s perspective of the future, and like all that looks great. But like, there's there's no good plot. There's no understanding of the characters. Many things are outdated. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I do. But, like, I, w- I want it to be more clear than just whatever is happening. Yeah. 
It's it's so overrated. And of course, like the idea is like, oh, if you watch it multiple times, you'll get it. But it's like I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, you shouldn't. To love a film, and I don't love this film. Like, uh, let me say this about like Lord of the Rings, because I'm hearing a lot of people saying the more they watch it, the more enjoy it. Thing is. When you watch it the first time, you can at least appreciate how yeah. much effort yeah, that yeah. is put into it. Right. And you, you can, like, understand the story a little bit more. Yeah. I uh, hear, like, there's no sense of, like, why are people doing this? Like, mm-hmm. why is this happening? How did, he, how did this happen? Like, what's the point? Versus other films. Uh, the same director did uh, Alien. Alien, similar setting... But there's a plot. You're surviving. Mm. It's simple. Um, mm. Lord of the Rings, it's simple. Destroy this ring. Here, it's like uh, kind of struggling to find out what they're trying to do. Mm. Like they, they gave us an idea, but then they're doing other things. It's like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Whoa, this is weird romance that's kind of rapey. Oof, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, that's, that's the 80s for you. Romance is a bit violent, uh, but yeah, no, that's that's. I'll probably watch the sequel twenty ninety nine because it's also on Netflix soon. Isn't it twenty forty nine? I think they 20... just announced something related to twenty ninety nine. Okay, it's Spider Man twenty 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 ninety nine. But no, yeah, ah. uh, I guess twenty forty nine. Interesting. That doesn't make much sense. Blade Runner is set in 2019. Really? Yeah. Wild. Wild. I'm Isn't watching that weird film. Thinking it's, about like, these... it's like, hmm, you were very ambitious. Ambitious. Yeah, no, I remember Back to the Future, the second one being set in 2015. It's like, oh, you thought we were going to be much better at advancing than we actually are. Which one is more ambitious? Blade Runner. Blade Runner for I sure. guess, is it because of the atmosphere? Yes. The atmosphere, the technology... Versus... Back to the Future is just like, here's flying cars. Mm-hmm. And, like... Other better stuff. Either way, that's that's that. Those are the main films that I watched. I've not really watched much other stuff. I've continued watching the Fantastic Four show. Um, oh, they put the second Fantastic Four movie back on Disney Plus. I've been wanting to watch that because cool. I watched the first one. So, he, uh, oh, sorry to interrupt you a little. Uh, so, my thoughts with Fantastic Four because I'm like I don't want it to be ruined for me. But at this point, I'm like you know what I don't think it will be. <laughs> Um, so now I want to watch at least, uh, the sequel to the first Fantastic Four. Okay. I, I'm mixed, I'm mixed about the 2014-15 one, I forget which year. That's, that's but, a um, one. yeah, uh, now I want to watch the sequel of that, just to say I saw both of them, essentially. You know what I mean? Not because I love them. I'd like to it if you do, too. Yeah, okay, just I'll try to... Just to get your first glimpse of Silver Surfer. Okay, cool, then Galactus. I'll try to... <laughs> Oh, wasn't cool. he some cloud thing I heard? Yeah, stupid cloud. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, yeah, Fantastic Four, 
again, I don't love the art style. I think what this show has going for it is like it's it's doing a good job at doing the characters. Like I believe it's the characters and properly, but I don't know. There's just not much. It's more of an episodic show and not much of like characters have an arc throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You know, that's how it was back then. But, you know, we're kind of spoiled with arcs and yeah. or developed seasons of television. It was, it's just strange that, like, at this period of time, they were still doing that type of show. Uh, and then, of course, Lord of the Rings still, still the same, really. Okay. We're halfway I had a done friend this at work. first season. I had a friend at work who said he's really enjoying, um, like, learning about the lore of Lord like, of the Rings. Like, yeah, like, it is quote-unquote enjoyable on a basic mm. level. But there's just, you're missing so much needed reasoning. Reasoning as in? Why do I care? Hmm. Like, what's the plot here? That. Um, we'll see. Uh, have you seen anything else? This Me? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I, I can't recall. I definitely didn't rate anything on IMDb recently, so. Or Letterboxd at all. You know? Or Letterboxd. <laughs> I definitely not touched Letterboxd. I've been, so, I guess... I'm enjoying IMDb more just for me. Letterboxd, I feel like, is almost like a form of social media that I don't necessarily want to perform for. You know what I mean? You, you also have nothing to think about serialized as well. Uh, I definitely haven't touched serialized. Again, like IMDb, it's both of them in the same thing. And I just like... I just really like... I really like those two. No, I, I, I completely get that. Like, it, But I just haven't really touched it um but tonight uh i think my shepherd my roommate is inviting some people over he mentioned star wars i'm gonna assume it's gonna be rogue one who knows um so i probably will be re-watching rogue one again tonight um so uh, i'll keep you updated next week so cool because andor comes out in like a few days yes three episode premiere let me know if it's not not let me know if it's worth watching. Let me know if I can watch it due to Star Wars context. Of course. Of my context. Of your context. Yes. Um you probably will be able to. I probably will, but like, who knows? Who knows? Like they're they're known for just hiding stuff and being like, here, here's this thing you never thought would be happening. Like what? Mm-hmm. Um but, but yeah, let's get into the emotional mix. Oh, oh, John. Oh my gosh, it's been an hour. We don't have time to talk about the emotion. I'm kidding. Um, we have to be done with this, man. We have to be <laughs> done with it. We're oh. desperate. I'm desperate to just move on. I love this mix, yes. But I love other things as well. Okay, why are you deleting the mix? Because I don't... Because it's just, it's just taking up space on my channel. You're crazy. It's not like you're doing crap with it. 
Exactly. So I'm just getting rid of it. No, that no, that doesn't make sense, John. See, I, it's just it's just there. Am I gonna do anything with it after this? Probably not. So there you go. Anyway, we have the emotional mix, like I had mentioned last week. It's basically a mix of music uh, from films and TV shows that represent emotional moments in what's going on in the characters' lives and what's going on in the show. Usually happens during tragic things where they reflect on life and death. Um, or it's just like music that I had an emotional connection to. Basically, it's the emotional. <laughs> and half of these songs are done by Michael Giacchino because he's the emotional man. And just to keep track of what the songs are, again, we have Level Plaguing Field from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. We have Ballet Breakup from Red vs. Blue. There is No Place Like Home from Lost Season 4. The Ultimate Prize from Violet Evergarden. Stuff we did from the movie Up. Four Knocks from Doctor Who Series 4. Your Father Would Be Proud by Rogue One. The Emulation Scene by Revenge of the Sith. Blood on the Pavement from Sherlock. Owen's Theme from Torchwood. Life and Death from Lost. Letting Go from Super 8. And Paradise Found from War of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so what's the Emulation Scene? Emulation Scene is the scene where... Anakin is burning in lava. Okay. And when did Your Father Would Be Proud happen? Your Father Would Be Proud would be the last moment with Jaren Ursel. Like, it's when the Death Star is blowing up. Okay. I had a feeling. It's the last scene. It's the last scene, really. The, I, the I really guy. like the atmosphere of Your Father Would Be Proud. Um, that one is just good. I, I was listening to it, like, was it that scene or not? Um, I will say, I, I guess, again, I, I really enjoyed the mix in general, mm-hmm. but I only listened to it twice. Um, so my ear was more gravitating towards the more unique sounding songs. Okay. And those those two would be Ballet Breakup and The Ultimate Price. Okay. Do we want to go through the, the list that's just from the top to the bottom? Do you want me to do the thing where I listen to a snippet and be like, oh, that's what it sounded like? Do you want me to do that? Uh, yeah, let's just take a few. Let's just take a minute doing that. Well, I, I, that'd be more like song by song. It's been like 10 seconds to be like, oh, <laughs> okay. that's what the song is. Okay, we can start with the top with this level plaguing field. All right, I'm, I'm opening up Spotify. Yes. Just a hot second. Mm-hmm. And for those who are wondering, this, this plays at the very beginning of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, which sets up the tone of the simian flu has spread across the globe and humanity is dying. This is huge montage that we see like the world is going evolving and the world is becoming a planet of apes and we see the lights dim across the planet until there's only like a small section of civilization left and we start our film with the somber music. Holy crap, what a context. It, it's a huge piece of context. I, I, I know I spoil, I'm spoiling uh, this for you. This I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a way to open a film. That is a way to open the film. See, that's the thing. Like, sometimes when you get, like, the... Con- like, again, like, all these... I love this mix, except for, like, Owen's theme. But, like, I... Like, then did you hear about this crap? I'm just like, what the frick? That's... That, that it gives the song so much more weight. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like, it's a beautiful, haunting, um, slow track that... Yes. So cool. I, I guess, like, the, the two songs I mentioned, I feel like... Or at least one of them. Uh, I, I guess the one thing I guess it doesn't have. Don't take this wrong. It doesn't have that much of an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's a really solid one. But I guess I just would have never guessed it would have been so heavy. I feel like there would have been a little more either reverb or low end to it um no there is a bit of a low end but uh i guess maybe like more menacing on that end um regardless really solid yeah really solid um the next song on this list is ballet breakup from red versus blue this was uh yeah in season 10 around the three season period where the animator monty um uh came in and just revitalized the show in general this is a uh internet show so it's like it's less professional but it's still well done the specific moment it's called ballet breakup it's essentially these two characters who throughout the show are kind of love interests but they haven't gotten to the point where they admit anything so this is where they're they're going up against each other and like it's, it's a breakup scene um the music plays while they fight each other so like all sound of the physical fight just cuts. We just listen to the uh, the the uh, chimes of like this ballet music box, as like this is the this is the last time that these characters see each other um, in the show, and so it's this sad little moment. Mm-hmm. I I guess I just really like the sound of the piano. Like it sounds so unique. It's, it is it is nice. Yeah. Like that—that's what I really love about the song. That it, that starkness of the piano is so almost refreshing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but also very haunting and very beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Um, moving on to here. Moving on, we have a. Uh, There's no place like from home, like home from Lost season four. This plays during the finale of the season, where during the show, like so. Many... Um, I actually have some interest in watching Lost. I I, I see. I'm not gonna spoil. Okay, specifics, cool. But essentially, it's like things have not been going, you know, our way for our characters for a while. Like they're stranded on an island. What's so great about that? Right. But um, at this point, like there's a glimmer of hope. And, like, it's a nice hope that we, we haven't seen in a long time. And it's like, oh, this nice piece of music is, like, letting them know, like, hey, it's okay. You've got <laughs> hope. It's not a bad song, but it doesn't feel unique. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially no. not knowing its context, but even knowing its context, it just doesn't feel that fresh of a track. 
Right, like from Lost, it's one of my favorite tracks. Um, it used to be like later on, Life and Death, but like that was the one that's ever played by everyone that everyone loves. So when I heard There's No Place Like Home, which is kind of like Life and Death, I was like, hmm, I kind of like this more. Hmm. Um, yeah, I hope I do hope you get into Lost someday. Five yeah. Now. I definitely have some interest in the show. I just, mm-hmm. as we know, I'm just terrible, terrible about watching crap. Um, but also, like, there, there's an element where I'm, there's an element where I kind of like that I struggle to watch because I want to be productive to take care of things. Sure. But it's, yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of such, um, the, the Disney Plus thing that I'm on, where it's going to end at the end of this year. Show me sad so i i want to try to finish no drop at the very least the disney plus thing you're on like what is yeah that? the the the, the k drama oh the disney plus the i'm not going to talk about specifics on here but my disney plus account okay yeah okay okay yeah That's interesting also sad disney times. plus days like hey for like a few for like a few weeks only you can have one month at this low cost and it's like really just one month <laughs> you cheapskates <laughs> it's kind of stupid of you <laughs> that's all you give us it's just that that's all you give it's, us it's a nice looking price but just you're only allowed to do this for one month really <laughs> wow but the next song on this list is The Ultimate Price from Violet Evergarden. It's an anime. Um, this happens towards the later half of this show where the main thing that the show had been building up to happens, uh, which is our main characters, Violet's emotional crux, or the emotional peak happens where she finally comes face to face with her past um, and and finally remembers like the tragedy of what happens and she has to deal with it. Like, oh, the ultimate sacrifice she made. She lost both her arms for this sacrifice. It's the ultimate price for her freedom to be able to experience emotions and whatnot. Uh, It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. moment that just... This is like one of the latest additions to this mix back when I was still working on it. Uh, and it was like, as soon as I heard it, it's like, oh my gosh, I have chills mm-hmm. just listening to this. This is a beautiful piece of music. And so I added it to this mix and I just thought, oh, I just really like this, how it builds up to uh, with the piano, goes off into the orchestra, gives this giant moment, and then it goes back to the soft piano at the end. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. just. It plays you their emotions that way. I there's an element listening to the song. I kind of hate how familiar it sounds because I feel like it is very familiar sounding. I, I will admit. So it's like uh, when I listen to it, I'm like, "What is that?" I'm trying to think of maybe something Christmas related. I'm I get a Christmas vibe from it. Have you seen Ratatouille? I have not. Well, okay. I've seen, I'll say the first third. Back in 2008. 
or something. Now that I'm trying to like uh, get the notes of like, dun, 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 I'm thinking. I of a think there's a specific song. song. Like I'm, like an actual song. There probably is. Like most music is just a copy or. It really is. Let's like, be honest. You you'll find a copy of it somewhere else. Yeah. Essentially, because like um, so much. I just love the, the orchestration of the song. I do like, too. Like it, it's really well put together, and it's not what you would typically find for like soundtrack material. Sorry, mm-hmm. soundtrack material. Like so, it stands out in a unique way. It it is very beautiful. Yeah, one of my favorites. I do hate how familiar it sounds. I I feel like if there's less of that, I would like it more. Sure. It's not to say things can't sound familiar. It's just the fact that that because it sounds familiar, it's distracting to me. Okay. The next stuff is stuff we did from the film up. This uh, specific song is like a callback to the beginning a melody uh, with the prologue. But this takes place when Carl is reading through his scrapbook of family memory, the life that we had. And he's contemplating it's like oh we did have a good life and now i have to go and make new memories mm-hmm. i mean up's a classic i it mean is. i don't i don't really know what to add to this like a uh, uh, soundtrack's good the song is good movie's good i guess uh, uh, not to make this all all about the movie i had seen up enough times where i don't really want to watch it again i know for a I good while uh, like it was now did I watch it when I was young yes did the emotional impact hit when I was young not really regardless with repeated viewings of it I get like no emotional impact from it mm-hmm. now and I really want it to just be put to bed for years so I can appreciate it again yeah, like, that's how I feel with most Pixar films in general. Like, I've seen them so many times, I can just picture the entire plot of the film, every scene, every moment in my head, to the point where, like, I don't need to watch it, unless I'm watching it with someone else. But, um, yeah, that's why I couldn't do the Pixar marathon like you, with you, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I just, I don't want to watch any of this that's fair i just suck at taking time to watch crap yeah the next film the next uh song in this list is called four knots it's from doctor who it's um had a moment where a character of the show is gonna have to be leaving the show and like he has this huge speech of just like emotional contemplation because he knows like ah i have to leave i have to die and make this sacrifice it's like why i could just do so much more than this like why does it have to happen to me and so this entire song is just an expression of him going through his emotions until finally by then accepting the situation and going on with the sacrifice you're yawning by the way for those who I am I'm sorry um Again, uh, let me just say, in general, on the playlist, like, the one song I really just didn't enjoy was Owen's theme. Mm -hmm. Know that. So, 
as I'm saying this, this it, it's not to say I didn't. This song is the bad song. This song just didn't stand out to me. Like it's fine for like background music. The the one thing it does stand out that does not that I've seen anything from Doctor Who, but there's like oh it feels unique to Doctor Who when you kind of like oh kind of like put that two and two together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, especially listening to the end of this track. Um, but um, it it outside of it it just exists for me. Okay, honestly, that's a shame. Yeah, because I do I do really like this artist for Doctor Who. He does some really mm-hmm. some of my favorite tracks that you'll see later on uh in other mixes but yeah no this is let's hope i like his other stuff yeah it could also be like you probably need the, the context of what that that's happening. another thing because like, like for me I, I this song like... really comes from the context of what was happening mm. yeah, next up is uh, your father would be proud from rogue one like we said this happens at the end of the film where spoiler alert our characters die and this is like their final race for by the end, your father would be proud of what you have turned out to be. Mm-hmm. It's also, uh, I also listen to this a lot because it's followed by a song called Hope, which is Darth Vader's entrance and how he wrecks mm. things up. And it's this amazing orchestral, like, <laughs> while all these characters are dying. It's, it's just, it just goes well together. You just, you just like people to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> um. No. I, like I said, like the atmosphere of the song is r- really cool, really haunting, and and like listening to it, like I was kind of like, oh, I think I'm I'm remembered the context. It is like just it's beautiful. Like it, it sounds beautiful, and it does have that finale kind of <laughs> ending. It does sound to it. But it, does. It, it it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Once again, it's Michael Gage, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, next is the emulation scene from Revenge of the Sith. This is uh, when Anakin he's like beaten and he's being burnt by the lava, and Obi Wan gives this uh, speech of like, "You were th- you were this and this. You were my brother. I loved you." And he walks away, and like the emotional weight of the, the prequel trilogy comes to this moment of emulation where Anakin dies and burns and becomes Darth Vader. You're just listening to the track, I, I assume. I am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember this. Yeah, as he does that, I'm just gonna sit right here in front of my microphone and just you know what i i feel like that's a track i would really have to like i remember the scene mm-hmm. i don't fully remember the track within the scene that much but it is i feel like it would be one of the songs that or I mean, moments period that i would have to like really remember and be immersed in the context for me to fully appreciate you know what i mean because like your speakers didn't do justice to the music because, I mean, of course, because we had to keep it down for your neighbors and also. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, so actually, so uh, since finishing up Stranger Things, I 
hadn't I've been like trying significantly trying to like not be a nuisance, right? Have it down or whatever. Um, and so I hadn't had an issue until a couple of nights ago, and I was so sad because they've been a little rackety up the past month, and I I we don't make we don't say crap, and then and then I thought I it was at a fine volume, and they banged again. And I'm another reason why I'm a little excited to move. <laughs> banged in that they uh, banged against the floor to tell you to stop, not the other meeting. Yeah. <laughs> just had to make that distinction. I knew that's where you were going, but it was still too funny. Yeah, I was worried about you might have let that just. I mean, it is an apartment, so that honestly, you you never know what you will hear. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Yeah. So. Anyway, the next song is called "Blood on the Pavement." It's from the show Sherlock. A nice and beautiful moment. Uh. Again, like Doctor Who, a character has to make a sacrifice. And this is uh, after the sacrifice, where it's like, oh no, Mm -hmm. they're dead. It's so sad. I feel like there's an element where I could say something similar about the Doctor Who track, but I do like Blood on the Pavement more. Mm -hmm. I I, I think it's like in, in between of like Fort Knox and immolation scene where I know it's weird because uh, yeah I yeah, haven't seen Sherlock that ma- that makes but sense. That makes like sense. I, I do like the track it would be nice to know more of the context though but um yeah. like I, I do and again like I said like Owen's theme is like the only track I don't that I actively don't like so I'm fine with Fort Knox I do like Blood on the Pavement so speaking of Owen's theme yeah, next song is Owen's Themes from Torchwood. Like I had mentioned last episode, Owen's theme happens at a point where a character named Owen, at this point in the show, had died but was brought back to life spiritually, but his body is still dead. So he can't Once feel... Spiritually. Spiritually. But like he can't feel anything in his body, so at this point he's just so depressed that he doesn't care what happens. So he's going on a rampage, his music plays... Um, it's emotional, quote unquote, in like an epic way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I could see this being not working in this mix. Yeah, it didn't do it for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just it's a little repetitive. It's a it little... is very repetitive, but like I do, and I do it, like it, the tune. It yeah. doesn't do anything for me musically i i I feel like it's oh it's almost like when (laughs) this is how i feel about it uh like i like rock slash metal right so sometimes people are like oh is this song rock i think you might like this and i listen to it i'm just like no i don't that's almost like the feeling i get from that song like i'm just like i feel like it's trying too hard (laughs) It probably is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, Torchwood isn't a quality show, really. Um, so it makes sense. But this is like the only track from that show that I enjoyed. That I caught my attention, at least. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the last three songs are from Michael Giacchino. 
because Michael Giacchino is the emotional guy for some mm-hmm. reason. Anyway, we have Life and Death, the most well-known song from the show Lost. Um, without saying anything, the title says it's all. It's life, mm-hmm. and then there's death. There you go. Here's the here's so, the music for it. Solid track. I, I I don't really know what to add to it. Like it's it's a good just song on its own. I feel like it's almost one of the songs you don't even need context for. Um, to appreciate. No, which is why they this. put the song in like any emotional, random, non-related thing you'd want. I I and I hate that thought so much. Well, it happens. Sometimes it's a joke, and that's funny. Generally. Okay, if it's a joke, it's funny. But if it's serious, I'm just like, shut up! Yeah. Um, but, you know, the ending of this song leads into, like, this dramatic, ooh, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's not emotional, mm-hmm. it's serious. And that's where I lead it into Letting Go, where this this song starts with a bit of a serious uh, vibe. Um, it's hard to describe what's going on, because this is, like, the last act, the last five minutes of the film. And, like... A family of this kid just lost his mother, and so he's coping with his group of friends, and they're trying to film and make this short film. But upon making the short film, they um, come across a giant monster from a secret government experiment, and they're just trying to prove something. And it, by the end of the film, with a song, letting go, he's letting go of his mom and moving on. So, there you go. I like... The the varying instrumentation. I like the atmosphere of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's not very descriptive, but like I really do like it. Like I think it, it's the uh, the fact that you kind of get more of that glimpse of like the various instruments and also it kind of like starting on the like like a tense atmosphere or something like it's a solid track Mm -hmm. yeah um the film in general came out in 2011 i liked it when i saw it i rewatched it like a few months back it is definitely it's definitely just dated by 2011 (laughs) it's just a very 2011 film by jj abrams Mm -hmm. so it's like ah it doesn't really hold up to what we have today but Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say it's still a decently solid film. And the last song on this track is called Paradise Found. It's from War for the Planet of the Apes. Again, this is the last track, uh, the last part of the film, where... You know what was... Sorry, go on. <laughs> where the characters, our ape characters, are searching for a new home, and they finally find this new paradise that they're going to live, and they're celebrating... But it's also a somber moment where uh, uh, a main character who's been prominent through the three films dies. He was like a Moses character. He's like, ah, he's not entering the promised land. He's going to die seeing it. It's happy, but it's somber. I feel like it's another... I feel like this is a little on par to Four Knox, where it kind of just exists. You know, it's not a bad track, 
but also like I do like the ominous feel of it, but also doesn't necessarily hit as hard as the rest on the playlist does. That's a shame. Like, uh, at least it has going for the ominous feel, but it also, again, context is always nice. Probably context has it. This is probably one of the tracks that I I like, but I also just dislike from Michael Gage, you know, because it just sounds so much like a lot of his other work. Like, this song, Mm. this last song, is all over the Batman. The same style, the same (laughs) understanding. It's like, all over that film, you, you get that feeling of the song. It's like, Come on, man. Come up with something new. It's all <laughs> sounding exactly the same. Well, that is, that is the one of mix. my favorite mixes. One of my favorite mixes. Probably my favorite. Sorry. Yeah, probably my favorite mix so far. Yeah, it, it was just a lot of just finding songs, placing it around. Um, mm-hmm. I think I worked... This is probably the mix I worked on the most because I, I had a lot of time to work on it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just finding the right song for, like, maybe the up. Like, the most obvious thing is, like, oh, do the music from the beginning. But the music from the beginning is not that emotional to the end. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just finding something from Star Wars. And, of course, at this point, you haven't seen any of the films, so I'm just trying to find stuff that wouldn't be too revealing. Um, but yeah, that's the emotional mix. 13 songs. Nice emotional stuff. Any final thoughts in this mix? No. Okay. But John, I I I have something more than word this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Did you? Did you actually do it? Oh my gosh! You actually did it. You know what? I'll a- actually be honest. I worked on it while you're talking about the mix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So. If you want to just open up real quickly, I just want to give a little bit of context. I'll give more context when we actually go through it. Okay. Um, um, specifically, so this playlist is thir- or list is thirteen tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, uh there's a few kind of like bonus tracks at the end, ish, but okay. they're they're all like unique in their own way, to a degree. Um, the last track is uh, orchestral version of the first track. Okay, that's interesting. So I, th- I thought you would appreciate that. I might. Yes. Um, the the second to last is from Big Bang. They are the only boy group on this playlist. They are um, essentially cool. like the only K-pop boy band I do like. Um, cool. So, thought I'd give the the men a little bit of representation in this. And not just um, the girls, you know. Yeah, because I essentially just listen to the girls. Um, the for for kicks and giggles, uh, the the third to last track is from Sistar, produced by. Produced by. I don't know how to say his name. I was hoping you would. Giorgio Marauder. Yes. 
So more or less be- because of the, the Daft Punk thing. Yeah, but Daft Punk is uh, Giovanni Giorgio. You would just call me Giorgio. Isn't it the same guy? This is Giorgio Moroder. Oh, are they different? Giovanni Giorgio is someone else. Is it? I mean, you can... I thought I checked, and I thought it was the same guy. If it's the same guy, then it's the same guy. Cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, no, I saw Giorgio and was like, ah, oh, that's a name I know. <laughs> um, and then um, the fourth to last is a soloist. Uh, her name is IU. Um, that she is one of the more popular voices in South Korea, a very respected soloist. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Th- so again, so the last four tracks are kind of the more like odd in terms of context, because all the rest are just the normal girl group kind of tracks, and each of them have specific context I'm not going to get into right now. Um, yeah, but. The last four being a little odd, as we have a soloist, we have a German producer producing the track, we have a boy group, and then an orchestral version. Um, but I felt like this would be pretty um, decent run. Um, okay. I hope you enjoy it. As I'm much really as I can enjoy. Well, here's the thing: the visuals should be fun, right? I guess. But, uh, I guess so, if I'm so, thinking in terms of visuals, that's something. Okay, about. here's the thing. With the 21, uh, best songs of 21, what okay. blew me away was the fact that you were complaining about some of the visuals. That wasn't, and some of those were like, I literally just needed the song. And it just happened to have an annoying visual. I hadn't even watched. So, so I better hear you say something about the okay. visuals for this, John. It'll That's all be I'm very saying. Repetitive. It's like they danced. There you go. Um, but no, I'll try to give you some conversation about visuals. John, we're we're probably gonna go track by track, just like you've been doing with me. You know what? What what if we did that for boxing? What if we we did like? A, no, I'm kidding. I, I almost want to though, but what are you doing? I really want to, John. I really want to. What are you trying just, to pull? everything you trying to make um, me mad yeah i will not be crazy i will not be pulled down into your whatever this evil thing you're trying to do to me is. um so i sent you my next mixtape for you called the guilty pleasure mix i'm excited for this it's only 10 songs this time um because I just had to make it tighter. But just looking through this, uh-huh. these are like songs that I enjoy. Like either the quality of it's not great, or <laughs> it's in general, I enjoy it, but I'm likely not going to play it out loud for the world to hear. Mm-hmm. So, but just looking through it, most of these are just comedic songs. Okay. That that aren't Weird Al. And so that should give you a little glimmer. It's like, I like a lot of comedic songs. There's a couple songs that aren't comedic. Maybe they are, but they're trying to be serious. 
Mm -hmm. but yeah, so generally all these topics are comedic in nature. And I I wouldn't call this the peak of music, but I do enjoy <laughs> listening to this these songs. That uh, makes sense. I, yeah, I, I did also just try to branch them into whatever. The first three songs are pony related. Um and then the rest is the rest. Um, and just for you guys wondering what the songs are, the first one is It'll Be Okay from Friendship is Witchcraft. If you know, you know. Next is MCAD Enunciation Emergency, which is probably going to be the most cringiest song for you. Okay. If it's not the first one, it's the second one. There's some visuals to that, but I don't... I don't care. Um, you're likely not going to find the first two on Spotify. So that's why I put them at the top for you. Okay. Uh, then it's Rainbow Factory. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, then it's Shia LaBeouf Live. Um, so I was just telling you, it's like, oh, Shia LaBeouf. There, there's a song about Shia LaBeouf for you. Um, okay. Then there's this missing... I, what, uh, sorry, I'm... I... Didn't know that's how his name was divided. That, that's how I thought it was Shia and then Buff. Mm. No, it's Shia LaBeouf. That's new information for me. There you go. I literally know nothing about that person. Okay. Then the next Except song by is name. The, the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. These next two songs are like from this Christian comedian guy. So that's that's that. And then this next one is Guitarzan. He's a bit of a country artist. So yeah. No. He's kind of weird, but I enjoy him. And it's uh, Seagulls from Bad Lip Reading. That's uh, a popular song of theirs that they did. I enjoy it, but you might not know anything. Uh, then it's Count to Three from the Chalk Eaters. This is probably the newest song on this list. And it came out just last year. But it really has to do with his video game company, so you will have no idea what they're talking about throughout this song. Okay. So enjoy that. Then it's uh, Five Nights at Freddy's from The Living Tombstone. There's a very distinct uh, distinction. It's from that artist. It was popular at the time. You, you've probably heard it if you know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's, but I doubt it. I barely know anything about the game. I know no, no, no. of its existence. I know it kind of has uh, a meme-ish presence currently. Yeah. Like a nostalgic meme presence. It's always had a meme presence, really. But, okay, yeah. didn't know that. And then the last song is the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Just the title and what's in the song just sounds like a finale song. So... Yeah, that song is probably the oldest song here, and it's like early internet uh, history. That's well known. Okay. So there you go. These are ten songs for you. Guilty pleasure. Cool. Most of them are comedic. Hopefully you have an interesting time with them. I hope so, too. I hope yeah. they'll be good. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. All right. Any other thing we should want to talk about today? Um. Hmm. Mm. 
No, I can't. I can't. I can't think of anything else. We we have a really solid conversation today for we, we thinking we would not talk about anything. Yeah. Um, I did send you your own video about non-Marvel fan gets quizzed. Oh, yeah. Do you want to quiz me on that? Like, no. ask me the questions from that video? Or no, I don't remember not? anything about that video. But I just... I remember... I, just... A, I remember two questions. Was Thanos a farmer and guess what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for? Okay. Those are the two questions I remember. I know. I was just wondering if you ever looked back on that. Because now you're a Marvel I fan. hadn't. So. Yeah. I hadn't. Haven't. Um... Nothing, there's absolutely nothing against the video. It, it just, I don't necessarily always go back to my content like that. There, mm -hmm. there hasn't been anything in me that's like, oh, I really want to rewatch that. So I, it probably will happen eventually. Be like, oh, I am curious. But nothing right now has sparked that interest. Be like, I'm All right. really curious. And so with that, we had a good conversation today. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.